On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Welcome to Punters Post Mortem on this Monday. Hopefully you are going to have a great day. And you know what? Blue skies. Blue skies up above. Good times ahead. Big smiles. That's what we're all about here. Sky Sports Radio. We're going to have a fun day today. We've got two meetings in New South Wales. We've got Gundagai and we've also got a meeting at Port Macquarie. It is Darwin Cup Day. Wherever you're listening, a couple of texts on the text line here already. Gibbo's out there at Liverpool on his way to work. He's going, mate, going to have a great day today. Good times ahead. Gibbo, I'm in the same boat as you, mate. We're going to have a fantastic Friday. Tanya Thomas is joining us, though, before we get into uh, Punners Postmortem with the the scratchings. Tanya, hello, mate. Good good morning, Dave, and a very happy birthday to all the horses listening to us out there today. Hope that's a good year ahead for all of you. 100%. The most beautiful animals in the world. Indeedy. Happy birthday. (laughs) Actually, should they have a day off today? No, they can't because we're racing at Port Macquarie and Gundagai, starting with Port Macquarie, where the weather is fine and the track is a soft seven. The rail is out five metres and we have 30 scratchings. The first race at 12.30, out of race one, take number one, Mr. 88, for whatever it takes, and the emergencies, 13 and 14. One, four, 13 and 14. Race two, take out one, Gulf of Odessa, number one. From race three, number nine, Woburn Abbey, and the emergency, 12, nine and 12. Out of race four, number one, gee whiz, Johnny. Seven, Calamity Fox, nine, Procrastinator, and the emergency, 14, one, seven, nine and 14. Race five, take out two, Abuela, three, Kamikaze Kid, emergencies, 13 and 14, two, three, 13 and 14. Race six, number three, Volunteer, nine, Thunder Knob, emergencies, 11 and 14, three, nine, 11 and 14. From race seven, take out two, Ashala, seven, Just Cosmos, 10, Kitami, emergencies, 13 and 14, 2, 7, 10, 13 and 14. And out of race 8, number 1, Pad Thai, 5, Tornado Light, 7, Princess Zeddy, 9, Envenomate, and the emergencies, 11 and 13. 1, 5, 7, 9, 11 and 13 from race 8 at Port Macquarie. To Gundagai, the weather is overcast. The track is a heavy 10. The rail out three metres from the 550 to the 250 and there are 24 scratchings. Race one at 125 is clear. Out of race two, number one at midnight, four, Kamiya, six, make a right, seven, Nautico, and nine, witness to love, one, four, six, seven, and nine. Race three, number one, De Colette, eight, outback, Pat, Emergencies 13 and 16, 1, 8, 13 and 16. From race 4, number 1, Just Business, number 1. Race 5, number 4, Makuba, 9, Boom Queen and 11, Fox Spirit, 4, 9 and 11. From race 6, number 2, The Mediator, 3, Pink Panther, 6, Samindi and 12, Shiny Agent, 2, 3, 6 and 12 and out of race 7, number 1, Never Standing Still, 3, Song Cycle, 4, Alpine Lady, 6, Tiff's Finale, 
8, the Wyvern, and the Emergencies, 13 and 15. 1, 3, 4, 6, 8, 13 and 15, Dave, out of race 7 at Gundagai. Fantastic, Tanya. Thank you very, very much for that. Uh, and as I said, we've got those three meetings, or well, two meetings in New South Wales today, but we will also... Um, we will also be taking a number of race, uh, racing v- venues around the country. Well, big day today, of course, in the north there. It is uh, Darwin Cup Day. I know that there's a bit of an extended coverage on Sky Thoroughbred Central with Greg Radley and, and co. on track 10 races there. We've got Rockhampton. We've got Pakenham as well as Thoroughbred meetings. New South Wales Greyhound meetings today. We've got Nowra uh, to 23 past 6 tonight. We've also got Bathurst at uh, 2.41. And we've got Maitland uh, as well as a New South Wales venue. And Harness racing today Newcastle Newcastle at 103 103 this afternoon Newcastle nine races on the card punters postmortem today let's get into it your calls on 13 53 53 take note 13 53 53 and joining us uh, on the line I think we've got Glenn Munsey who is there good morning Glenn Good morning, Dave. Uh, good morning to uh, listeners. Happy birthday to all the horses, as Tanya said during the scratchings there. And happy birthday to Golden Slipper winning jockey Clifford James Clare, who turns 92 years of age today. And I think Cliffy might be ducking up to the Lakes Golf Club, where which has been his regular haunt, I'd say, over the last 50 years. Uh, and doesn't play golf these days. Cliff being uh, 92, but I think he might be sneaking up there for a bit of lunch today. And always Fantastic. great to see Cliffy around. Still uh, keeping very, very active in the racing game. And uh, uh, great to see him get to 92, not out. Oh, fantastic. Good stuff, mate. Chris Roots is joining us as well. Uh, Chris, good morning to you, mate. We got the punters panel multi-home on on the Friday and uh, well, on the Saturday, I should say, and it was uh, it was a bit of a fill-up. Yeah, it was good for the punters, wasn't it? And, you know, amazing what happens when you replace Marlon. <laughs> Straight into it. Mitch Cohen from Racenet and News Limited also joining us on the on the line. Mitch, hello to you, mate. Thanks for being part of uh, PPM again. And it was uh, with some good racing on uh, Saturday in Sydney, wasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. For the middle of winner, g'day, punters. Um, yeah, for the middle of winner, um, our last meeting of, of the season, I think we've got a few horses out of it that we can actually follow in the coming months. There was uh, quite a good racing on, across the card, so uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about it. All right, uh, let's get straight into it, boys. There's already a couple of texts on the text line. If you've got any calls as well on any performances over the weekend, you want to uh, ask the boys about uh, anything in particular, you can on thirteen fifty three fifty three. Uh, let's talk about um, the performance firstly of Shades of Rose, guys. There's already a couple of texts here. Uh, it was uh, a you know, it was a great win. Uh, Munns, was it one of the best back runners of the day? Oh, it certainly was, Dave. Uh, it was the best back runner all the way through the week. And punters got it right. I got it wrong. Uh, I must admit, uh, I think it was very, very much advantage with the track drawing out. I- I'm still... I'm still in the in the uh, in the question mark category where it where the, it's a heavy track horse, uh, but that track and I think that track played absolutely perfect there on on Saturday. They were coming up the inside, they were coming down the middle, uh, they were up on speed, they were back in the field, and uh, yeah, so uh, always very very well supported. I think she might have even run a dollar seventy. Yeah, uh, there at one stage, Dave. Which um, you know, uh, poor old Dicko. He he's. He, I, I don't know. There he's been sighted off nobbies uh, in the last few days. Well, like it, it hasn't been a happy couple of days for Dicko because he's the man that uh, puts the uh, 
puts the, well, I would say convoluted multi is probably the best way to describe them, Dave, not only for us on the punters panel of a Friday, but puts together uh, Laurie Daly's uh, multi there uh, on for the Big Sports Breakfast, and Blocker even chimed in. Uh, yes. He was the guest uh, co-host there on Friday, and, and Blocker said, well, give me a turn. And uh, he did that. Well, they just went bang, bang, bang. And poor old Dicko, yes, he's uh, hasn't poked his head out from underneath the doona for a couple of days, I don't think. One one thing, just on it, I know we have a bit of a joke and, and, and laugh at Dicko um, at his expense when we can get them home, but the one great thing I love about that particular multi is it's not spruiked on the, uh, the television. Uh, the only way you know about that multi is if you listen to the punters panel and follow Racing HQ, and every week we have... Good holds, good money that comes in, um, stacks of, um, of of bet numbers. So just, yeah, thanks for listening. I think it's um, it's great. And, and you, when you get out and amongst it and you head to, like we are to Coffs during the week or when we've been to other country cups, people will come and remind you straight away how bad the multi's gone that week or how good it's gone. So I think it's, uh, it's great. Something that we've started, and I know that it seems like everyone else is now doing it as well, which is great because the more exclusive stuff we can give our radio audience, the better ones. Yeah, and just uh, even on social media, Dave, you know, uh, I've got one here from Sharky Phil uh, that said, topped me, topped me up Saturday after I said the putters panel multi-home again. Um, you know, uh, Scott Hay, you boys are giving the behind-the-gates multi-team a real kicking. We don't kick people when they're down here. Uh, and then Scott also said, full credit to Loza for getting the, the BSB multi. What about didn't, poor, didn't Laurie rob poor Dicko that day? $11.00. For Shades of Rose to win and a horse to run a place in Melbourne. Uh, the horse to run a place ran $1.60, the place, and Shades of Rose ran $1.70. That $11, you haven't seen overs like that for a while, have you? No, that's that's, that's ridiculous. So just on the performance of Shades of Rose, Munns, before I get a comment from um, Mitch and also Chris, uh, you know, that's what we were expecting on you know that, that return run. Um, things just didn't go to plan that day, but things went to plan, didn't they, on Saturday? Yeah, she wasn't brilliantly away, Dave, from the inside alley, and James made sure he, you know, he dug up to, to hold a spot there. And next minute, when it was, uh, you know, up outside the lead coming to the turn, you knew you're in all sorts of bother if you're on anything uh, back in the field there. Um, you know, so it, it definitely panned out the way punters had wanted to. Uh, Two twenty-five was the best price given about it on Saturday morning, and it ran a dollar seventy with us. I tell you what, go back and have a look at the replay. Bjorn Baker said all week that he said, "Oh, geez, I don't think there's a lot between Rubitar and Shades of Rose. One's run first, one's run closer to last, but go and back and have a look at the run of Rubitar." Uh, it had less luck than you, Dave, um, in your younger days getting out after dark. <laughs> Chris, what did you make of the performance of Shades of Rose? Yeah, it was uh, it was good, wasn't it? It got on the speed and J-Mac just controlled the tempo, kicked away and by the time they, the, the serious chasers got out chasing after it, it was off and gone. Um, Slicky Page was good late, you know. I guess the punters got it right and... It was it was one of those ones where if the four twenty when they put it up was probably a, probably a great price, but towards the end there it was getting getting into getting into a price where you just had to look at it and go, what am I going to do here? here do, you, do I watch? Do I back something else? But it was it was impressive enough. Where it goes now, well, that was a seventy eight on the weekend. Whether it's going to go through the grades, but it might have just it might have just had its day there 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 on Saturday. 
think it can probably actually it was a 72 sorry dave so it's got to go up it'll, it'll go up through the grade you know and of course meet horses at this time of year that will be black type horses coming coming back into to work and it'll have the fitness advantage but will it have will it be up to the class of some of the horses it'll face in the next couple of weeks yeah, exactly right uh, mitch what did you make of the performance of shades of rose and anything in and around the race you want to highlight no, I think the writing's been on the wall with this filly since the start of this preparation. I know um, she obviously trialled up very well before um, her first run where the saddle slipped and she put on a butt-jumping show when she was favourite. But um, since then, look, she looks to turn the prep around. I think Bjorn's got a high opinion of her. He thinks she's a stakes-quality filly. And um, off the strength of what we saw on Saturday, you've got to say, why isn't she a stakes-quality filly? Um, yeah, James just found the perfect spot outside the lead. And once he hit the go-butting, it was... It was all over, wasn't it? So, um, look, yeah, as Rita said, um, the strength of what she what she's taking on now is what she's going to be taking on in the coming weeks. But um, Bjorn's got to fully inform, doesn't he? So um, if, if you go to a race maybe like the toy show in a, in a fortnight's time, um, he's going to be taking on a few horses first up. And he's got a rock-hard chip filly who's racing in good form. So not saying that's where she's going, but, um, gee, she would be worth to throw up the stumps uh, with the form she's in. What about Wicklow, Munns? Uh, great performance from Wicklow. Again, very popular with the punters. Uh, the uh, the tab that I was at on Saturday, they roared home this horse. And is that the... Um, he, he just seems like one of these particular horses. Obviously, he's, he's nicely bred. He had well credentials when he first came to Australia. But he just seems like one of these horses that is going to bob up one day in a really, really big race. Yeah, and an ultra-impressive Rose Hill record, Dave. Now, six starts at Rose Hill for four wins and a third. You know, came off the, the South Grafton Cup in a race there that there wasn't a great deal of speed in. Uh, wasn't the, the strongest race of all time, but well-placed by Chris Waller, albeit with 60 kilos in that uh, benchmark 78. But um, he may not have won by far, um, but I tell you what, the, the second and third horses there, Dr. Evil and Phillipsburg, they may not be winning, but they're in very, very good form at the moment. So uh, that, that's a little bit of strength to the to, to the win of Wicklow because uh, I don't think Huey was overly perturbed the last uh, 100 metres in the race there. Uh, the disappointment there was Aramis uh, up in grade, down in weight. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to the paddock uh, after after Saturday. I wouldn't be sacking him on that. He'd maybe just, uh, you know, the fact that he's been up and back to uh, Grafton at only his second preparation in his eighth start in the race on Saturday may just not been uh, a great thing for him. The rest of them, you know, your horses, Lee Kirksby, Kirkby, uh, Karlstad, Tudor Prince, he's a horse that's racing consistently, uh, but Wickler he, he's the one that could go on with it, whereas the others may have just reached their level. Chris? Yeah, Aramis was um, fifth runner to Prep Mountain, so I think it was probably the, the run run to see whether they could sneak a city win before for it turned four, because um, the Bobs would have gone, that would be the end of Bobs, so it's probably worth a throw at the stumps. Wicklow, well, he's the horse we thought we thought we saw when he when he come come out early in his prepara- last preparation he's come come back the the one from misplacing it um at Ray Hillman's was when he was absolutely friendless in the betting first up and blew like um uh, a gale and that was one of the that's that's his only unplaced run there i think he's a horse that needs a little bit of pressure in his races so he's going to get better as he gets out and up in grade again i think He'll enjoy joy when there, there's a bit of pressure in the races, and he'll still be able to produce that big sprint he's, sprint he's got. And 
he he's an exciting horse. He could he could develop into maybe a Newcastle Cup Metropolitan horse if Chris wants to go that way. Although Chris some sometimes with these horses takes the road less travelled and might get a couple more wins, put him away and bring him back in the summer and then build him up into a Sydney Cup preparation because he does look like he's going to be a really good star. Mitch? No, I thought he was good again. He's one of mine this horse. So I really like him. I was on him first up when he was, uh, yeah, Blue Grail, as Chris said, and, um, and was beaten. But um, thankfully I've stuck that since then because he's, uh, he's paid me back. He looks like a nice horse. Which way Chris goes with him... Um, Obviously, he's already gone up to that start at South Grafton Cup, um, trying to get him into a big dance. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him in another one of those qualifiers in, in the coming weeks uh, to try and get him in that. Would he be he, he'd be eligible for a five diamonds? Would he uh, over eighteen hundred meters? The top of my head. What's he? Uh, what's his birthday yeah. today? Yeah, he'd be five today. Yeah. Five today over eighteen hundred meters. A five year old. So um, that could be a race as well. There's just so many options for you over this spring carnival. Um, Phillips Burgess. The, the punters that stick with him, um, they're going to get rewarded one day. You're going to get some good odds. He, uh, he's running, racing in consistent form, isn't he? But he just, every time he just seems to find one better, one or two better. But he'll get one one day. He'll have his day for sure. Speaking of birthdays, oh, here along the grapevine, the member on this panel is his birthday. It's the birthday today. Is it your birthday, Chris? Yes, Dave. Another year gone. Another another year to come. So, so be um, enthusiastic, Ruda. Yeah, I was going to oh, say. Oh well, mate. you know, you know, there's, there's. When you get to my age, Mitch, and and mum will attest to this, birthdays don't mean as much as 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 for you, which is usually a four day bender. When I got to your age, Chris, <laughs> it's, it's still that pound shillings and pence. <laughs> and the other thing, the other thing I'll say is, um, happy birthday to Adam Kangeli as well, and Tim Clark, because they they both have um, birthdays on this day. Oh, fantastic. Well, happy birthday, boys. Happy oh, birthday. Sounds like Oprah. Everyone's have a birthday. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. Look under your chair. Everyone wins a card. Now, we've now got... Listen, uh, that doesn't mean yes. I'm taking it easy on you today, Chris. Um, yeah, well, we'll play double, double today because you'll be, you'll be playing ones. We've got um, a call on the line. Reese. G'day, Reese. Hey, mate. How are you? Good, mate. What's on your mind? I just wanted to know if anyone, if anyone was watching the races on the weekend, did they notice uh, the ride aboard Delphine Eagle Farm Race 6, the odds on favourite? The jockey appeared in the home straight to look over his shoulder several times. Uh, I'm not sure what he was looking for, but um, it, what's, the, what's the general consensus when, when a jockey does that? It appears like they're not riding their horse looking over their shoulder. Okay. Sorry, what race was it? I just it was I missed race the six. It was race six. Race so six. It's a Wanji race. Okay. Oh, Delph. Um, yeah, Delph. Yeah, usually it means they're just checking whether there's something wrong behind the horse, and especially if they're looking down and behind. Like, like he was a he he was he was was a bit disappointing there. But Go Wanji made made a real statement, didn't he? So you know, um, it'll be interesting to see. I haven't got the stewards report in front of me. I think Munns will get that up pretty quickly and see whether there was anything wrong wrong with his recovery. Uh, doing that as we speak, boys. But uh, it is a bit of a minefield you. to uh, to find these reports, isn't it, on some of these websites? Um, quickly, yeah, it's, a, it's one of it's one of those things. With a horse like a horse like him, who in that race it was sort of a two horse race, so rather go Wanji or the weight advantage to Delphi, and um, your punters lobbed onto him, and uh, and and obviously went the wrong way because go Wanji. I think Larry Cassidy compared spoke to Ben Dorries after the race and compared. And compared him to Winks, Winks with his acceleration. So um, it's 
he said it's, he said it's a definitely a stakes horse. So well, um, it's one to watch going forward. But Delphi, I think it was just you know had the picket fence, and that's what punters like. And unfortunately, he didn't run up to expectations. Yeah, the only mention in the stewards' report regarding Delith uh, is laid out under pressure between the two hundred and the one hundred. That's the only uh, mention of it. Uh, in anything there from Saturday. Yeah, he was also going from a class three where he's on the limit limit weight, Glenn, to a 78, which is a big jump. And they've, they've placed him pretty well. They've kept weight off his back all the way through. So maybe he was just he just found that leaping grade a little bit and the pressure that comes with leaps in grade, especially from class racing in Brisbane to those benchmark races, can can find horses out. He might have just been found out by, by a, a little bit of a class factor. Okay. Yeah. Muns? No, no, no. I was just going to say, and the, and the other thing regarding some of those class races in Brisbane, if you can, if you can get beat at Newcastle on a Saturday, you can go to uh, Eagle Farm or Doombin on a Saturday and win a class three or a class six there with your head on your chest. Mm. Um, okay. Just back to uh, to Sydney, and thanks for your call, uh, Reese. Uh, back to Sydney. A couple of texts here about the two-year-old race. Uh, what did you make of it, Muns? Oh, the well, double shark attack, Dave. Yeah. Uh, most unlucky for the Joplin Racing team there. But no, uh, no, she went good. The little double shark attack there. Little $2,000 purchase out of a paddock. Uh, <laughs> stiff she didn't run fourth, actually. Um, well, Should the, the second the thing- horse have won? Should the second horse have won the race, Opal Ridge? Uh, most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Uh, and I, I tell you what, you want to—I'd be sticking with it, uh, Dave. When you consider, you know, he, he's done a good job with it. Luke Pepper, it, it won at Canberra when he was training out of Canberra. Then it beat the older horses first up at Scone. Now that he's training out of Scone, he brought it to town. And I suppose question marks when you you get these sort of horses with you know country form that are coming to town. But we've seen in the past the two-year-old races in the last few weeks in Sydney uh, are, are not, and I'm not. Uh, saying this the wrong way, they're not probably genuine city class races or the form of the horses going into them haven't been genuine city class form. You know, they've been provincial or or country horses or maiden winners around the traps or a midweek maiden winners going into these Saturday races there. So um, it was one of the better back runners in the race off a win at Canberra and a win at Scone and it was most unlucky. Uh, The winner, Troach or Troak, um, there... Um, you know, it was its form was just um, probably its best run in a race. You know, was being beaten five lengths by Fireburn, but it was a twenty to one chance on that day in the Sweet Embrace. Uh, its other runs weren't sensational by any stretch of the imagination. Its its run was fair at Randwick the other day, but it just posied up uh, with the lead there on on Saturday and kept going. Mm. That midnight in Tokyo race that it ran in last starts really turned into a really good form race. It's produced the last two Saturdays, two-year-old winners, and you know when you when you do form, sometimes you 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 miss the absolute obvious that it had the Saturday two-year-old form and and was um and and it had a run under its belt, went straight to the front, and really good ride by Race Jones. Second horse, well, if it. If it shouldn't have won, it will be winning soon. It's um, in a race that was dominated by honest speed. It come from back in the field and um, made a late charge. Really good gap back to fourth, fourth, which um, goes well for the first three across the line. I thought Wave Rider Boy Boy was um, pretty good considering it sat three wide the trip. But I think you can back the first, take the first three, put them in a black book, and 
you're going to get more wins out of all of them. It'll be interesting to see where James Cummings goes with Troach, whether, whether he goes down the um, the Phillies path now, the three-year-old Phillies path, with a bit of with those couple of runs under the belt and go to a, go to a race like the Silver Shadow. Sam, all right, uh, Mitch, um, your thoughts on Opal Ridge? I was with her. I was on her, so uh, yeah, I I would probably be talking through my pocket if uh, if I said I think she should have won. Um, speaking of Luke Pepper during the week, um, he obviously he's got a good rap on her. He said uh, she's a well above average filly. Um, they were hoping to target the Black Opal with her, but she just uh, she had a hairline fracture fracture to her tibia in that first run um, after she won her first run at Canberra. So that's why she sort of um, missed sort of the bigger races throughout the, the autumn and she's back now um, and she's clearly back to her best, which is good for Luke. Um, she looks like a really nice filly, I think. Uh, where he goes with her now, she, she's not too deep in a prep, so he's obviously uh, got the chance to target some black type with her if she's up to it. Um, just on a few of the other horses in the race, I thought there was a few sort of disappointments in there as well. Voldemort probably didn't run as well as uh, many would have hoped. Um, Sweet Ride as well, um, another one that sort of... Um, yeah, just didn't really fire. So um, maybe the uh, the wet track was at play there. Okay, beautiful. The, uh, the owners of uh, Opal Ridge, well, they <coughs> had an ordinary start to the day at midday, but um, I noticed one of the owners there, the up-up Cronulla. So they certainly finished the night off well. I, I, you know, no, I don't want to be a narc, but I, I wish it would have continued an ordinary day for them. Now, I know this is pie-in-the-sky stuff, guys, but... Uh, she turns three. I'm going to try and chat with Luke Pepper through um, the week. But is she a type of horse? I mean, we see these progressive types, and I'm thinking Kosciuszko. I'm not saying she's as good as a, some of the progressive types we've seen previously, but being trained at Scone, is that something... Is she the type of horse or these type of horses, the ones you want to be looking out for um, in the in the coming weeks? Because you look at that Kosciuszko market, and we've got like some hard heads there, some horses that have been there before, but where's the fresh blood? Munns? Oh, I think that's pie-in-the-sky stuff, Dave. Uh, talking okay. Kosciuszko is about a, an early-season uh, three-year-old at the moment that, uh, you know, as I said, the, these two-year-old races at the moment, they're not city, what I would say, city-class two-year-old races. Uh, and to, to be taking on, you know, some old hardheads in the Kosciuszko, oh, I think that's, yeah, very much pie-in-the-sky. But you would have said the same thing about It's Me, though, early doors, wouldn't you? Uh, well, like that's why she was a hundred to one chance in the Cosmosco, Dave. Win, in the first I know, moments. no, no, but wins like a maiden scone and then comes off just two highway wins. Yeah, yeah but she was uh, winning highways, Dave. She wasn't, she wasn't winning against her own age, and she, she's probably better placed in her own age going for black type than going to a Cosmosco at this point, especially okay. with what's there, because we know they're the. It's not like it was. If you've got a horse, these horses are now targeted for this race six to six to twelve months out. So they have the Kosciuszko and they have the Country Championships. So trainers who have got an old sprinter, they look after them for that one day in October instead of uh, instead of just being an afterthought. So you know your horses like Art Cadeau, another one, they are just being set for one race at the moment. And this horse is, I know it's up and running. It's, 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 it's run really well on the weekend, but there are, there'll be much easier races for her um, through in the next couple of weeks than uh, trying to um, reach for the stars and, and go to a Kosciuszko. Yeah. And in saying that, she, she has been put in, well, she wasn't put in as a $15 chance, but she's a $15 chance at the moment in the Kosciuszko market, and I, I think that's massive unders. And, and if absolutely, she should be. She should be more than what it's me was when she she went into the market. 
Um, what about uh, what about Mitch? You were going to chime in there. Oh no! I just oh, you've got to remember she's only a three-year-old after all. If she's good enough, this race is going to be there next year for her, um, and the year after that, um, if she's if she's up to that standard. So um, I don't think there's any point rushing it. I think what did we have a couple of three-year-olds in it last year that um, didn't do too much in the race that were off off the top of my head. Was it Nada Raja was about four or five starts in his career and. A three-year-old as well. Um, you've, got to have that freak, you've got to have that freakish quality about you, don't you, to win these races yeah, as three-year-olds. Mm. Okay. All right, just throwing it out there because we're going to see a situation where various people are going to, uh, you know, win tickets uh, and win slots. So anything's possible. We don't, you know, it's not just going to be what the market says for horses selected. Who knows? The up-up Cronulla syndicate might get it and who knows. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, boys. When we return, 13.50, We're going to take some calls on the text line and we're going to continue our discussion about the weekend that was. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Glenn Munsey, Chris Roots, Mitch Cohen and Dave Stanley with this morning on Punners Postmortem. And we've got a... We're taking your calls, 13.53.53. We've got Alex on the line. I think Alex is there. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, mate. Uh, I'd like to ask Glenn a question, please. Yes, Certainly, mate. Alex. How are you? Right. Good, thanks, Glenn. I'd just like to know when the Cantala and the McKinnon are coming up in their futures betting. Uh, the Cantala and the McKinnon. They put up a 1,000 races the other day. Uh... Uh, I'll send an email to the boys and uh, what's the time? 9.38. With any luck, we might get a reply uh, before uh, the show is I think, finished. I think the McKinnon's up. It's, um, it's just because of the name change, isn't it? Champion stuff. Oh, hang on. The McKinnon, is a, there's a pre-noms market up on the... Well, they're in the system anyway. Uh, Cantala and it's McKinnon. The, name the Champion Stakes. It's under a different uh, title. Well, uh, right. New name, isn't it? Yeah, new yeah. name, new name throughout the uh, the champion sprint, the champion stakes throughout the uh, the uh, Melbourne Cup. Yeah, it's, so the Cantala becomes the champion's mile. So that is up a prenoms market at the moment, and the favourite in that race, as I scroll down to it, is I'm, I'm thunderstruck. thunderstruck over Mowunga, Mister Brightside, Western Empire, Alligator Blood, Ayrton, Cascadian, Convergent, Espiona. And the champion stakes, which is evidently the old McKinnon. As someone sends me a text message, Timmy Ryan, good to see the boys are listening. Yes, open now called champion stakes and miles. So thank you, Timmy. Yeah. What what do what we. What, I know it probably doesn't. Like, do we need to be changing those names of the races? Or is it just going to be something that's going to happen for the rest of forever? I think it's get used to it, Dave. I think yeah. it's used to it. Well, well yeah, I think it's a branding exercise, Dave, to bring it into line with um, races around the world. Like you've got the Hong Kong internationals that they have the, those three distances, so brings it into into line with that. So yeah, okay. It's um, well, well the Cantalas had more. That will always be. I was going to say the Cantalas had more name changes, and Darren Flindell's had holidays in this. this year. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I mean, is it, is, it's not the be-all, end-all, it doesn't really bother me, but it can be confusing when you're sort of trying to, you know, have those future plays and thinking, right, well, where's this horse be, going, what's this horse doing? It'll only be this time time that'll be confusing, because next year, punters move with the times, and I know that the cha- it's now the champion stakes, the McKinnon, so mm. um, it's, it's always going to be known again. as the McKinnon. Yeah, it's always going to be known as the McKinnon with um, as its registered name, but you know, 
we, you know, we're not allowed to criticise um, things that happen in Victoria because they they're allowed to whinge and whinge about Everest and things like that. But come on, it's your birthday. It's your birthday, birthday Chris. Come on, Chris. It's your birthday. Come on, calm down. Calm down. I need you need you focus and calm for golf today. Um, I'll come to you here, Mitch, about the winner challenge. Cross talk. Uh, another favourite got the job done there, and uh, Jean Van Overmeer gets a a feature win. Yeah, and it was a good win, wasn't it? Um, look, I thought he had to do a bit of work early to get to the front, but once he got there, it was pretty much game over. He um, he controlled things from up front and then bolted clear late. And after the race, Adrian Bott was talking potential Doncaster tilts next autumn. So uh, that's the regard they hold this horse in. And, and why not? Off an impressive win on Saturday. Um, a race like the Billiards or, uh, there we go, another name change, the, the Ingham. The Ingham in, yep. uh, in December uh, looks like his target from here. But, um, yeah, who's to say he, he can't reach that level? It was just going back through sort of winter challenge winners. And, and, and there's been some good ones that have won it in the past, in, in Munger too, and, and he's your man. So uh, Mr. Seawolf as well. So, look, it's, uh, it tends to be a pretty good race, uh, a pretty good horses race. Horses that win this race can go on and, and do pretty good things. Um, I think of note... Uh, you had to like to run a gold trip on his on Australian debut. He hasn't featured in a race for 13 months, and um, he was hard ridden at the back of the field. Jason Collett um, sort of just weaved a passage along the fence and, and got him going late, um, and he was running through the line nicely. So if he can pass those Victorian vets examinations, which they're expecting to, um, look, you'd see him probably pop up in some nice races in Victoria over the Spring Carnival, I'd imagine. Chris, your thoughts on Crosstalk? Yeah, it was it was it was one of those races where he got got control of a typical Tullock Lodge ride out in front and just kept going over a mile. Interesting that Adrian talked about the Doncaster, and this is probably something we're going to see a little bit more of. This horse can now go for a bit of a break, have maybe a month in the paddock, and come back and go Hunter Hunter Gong into the Villiers, which would get if it wins it gets it straight into the Doncaster. So. Um, Talking to Adrian, I know that he was trying to get his hands on a program from the ATC so he can just work out where all these races are because there's so many of these new races that it's hard for some of the trainers to keep up. So they've got to they've got to have in mind, and you've heard Chris Waller talk about it in the last couple of weeks, the Five Diamonds, the Big Dance, these new races. They're 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 races that are for really good prize money, and but the trainers need to be able to prepare their horses to be peaking on those days so they need to be aware of what they what they need to do with their horses so i'd say cross talk might be one we might not see until the end of the spring rather than through the spring okay Munz. oh very very smart ride dave on the winner you knew uh, that it was going to be handy uh, if they wanted to, you know, go forward on others. He, he could have popped in behind them like he did at Ramwick, uh, but he, he jumped out. They made to try do it a little bit of work early, but then John Van Overmeer said, "Okay, I've got fifty three kilos here, and I'm race fit, and the majority of you are very early in your preparation and looking for further." So he just put the foot down at about the six hundred meter mark there, and coming to the turn and said, "Right, I'm off, and you're going to do your best to try and run me down." and uh, they couldn't and the race was all over basically as they turned for home and you talk about jockeys in form he's having a very very good run 
at the moment, Jean Van Over. I'm just having a look back. Uh, that's five, six, seven, eight, eight winners of his last 50 rides. But before that, he went in a period of time, I think in, in about a, a two-week period, he, he rode, I think it was four, or, did he rode four or five at Hawkesbury one day. He rode a treble, he rode a couple of doubles. Every time he rode a winner, he'd ride at least a double. Uh, and he continued on that form. And the fact that he can ride light is a massive advantage to him, and he's very, very strong. Mm, and he's working yeah, hard, so. isn't he, Buzz? He's worked, I mean, you look at his rides. He, he's riding, uh, I think he's at Gundagai today, Maruya tomorrow, and then he's been all over the state over the past sort of month and a half. Um, so he's certainly putting in the hard yards, so it's good to see him get rewarded as well. Yeah, well, look at the late last week. Um, Bathurst, he rode a double. The next day he went to Goulburn. Then he was at Rose Hill on Saturday. He rode cross talk. He was at Musselbrook yesterday and rode the double. And as you said, he's at Gundagai today. So, uh, you know, um, he, he'd be a good bloke to get on to see what the petrol prices are like around the state, Dave, because he's, he's got a good chance of comparing it in about eight different areas. Um, all right, uh, here's a text on the uh, the text line. And thanks so much for coming in. Um, very elegant. What's the story there? Now, when is this race in France? I must admit, I it, she didn't race last night, did she? No. Uh, no. So what's doing, Chris? Have you got any heard anything on the great one? Because you spoke to the trainer, didn't you, uh, recently? Um, well, the trainer, well, trainer put out a message. Connect, trainer, trainer put out put out a note there that it's going to miss the Rothschild, which is on Tuesday, and and wait for another race at Deauville later in the month. Off the top of my head, I can't remember what it is, but they're still trying to get it to the R. She's just a little bit, just wasn't happy to go to that race race, and um, so they'll wait. Um, yeah, it's going to be the... very interesting when she goes. Or, the Group 1 Dali Prix-Jean Romanet at Deauville on the 21st of August. Did you like okay. that one? I think that's... Prix-Jean Romanet. <laughs> Beautiful. So the um, straight, a straight mile first up would have been interesting, but um, she's what, what, what we're going to get with Ferry Elegant is a real real um, uh, chance to see where our horses sit again. Like... Um, She's gone at the end of her career, but you know we don't get, we haven't had too many two thousand metre horses go over there there and and run in these sort of races. So um, it gives you it give, it'll give us an indication of where we actually sit against those horses in Europe because we always hear how we're a little bit behind them. But you know, so you think went over there and did a pretty good job ten years ten, 10 years so. ago. So um, you just it, it, we're we're sending out we're send, sent our very best. So that gives you an idea where. Our racing, our top racing, really sits at that trip. Uh, just on on that, um, and I mean it's 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 come up in conversation before. But is there a bit of extra added pressure uh, with her, considering the way in which you know she went over there? That was the choice of the the ownership group, and we obviously heard from from Chris and the team here that um, you know even before that announcement that uh, you know I'd, I'd like to sort of keep her here in Australia and. Etc. Is there a bit of extra pressure because of the circumstance in which she finds herself in France, Chris? Well, eleven Group Ones and a Melbourne Cup. I don't think there's much much pressure. She hasn't got much to prove, has she? She, she goes over there, 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 and doesn't doesn't quite live up to um, the Group One company. Well, she's at the end of her career, and she's got an excuse. She goes over there and wins. She's an absolute she she's an absolute walk up start for a Hall of Fame, which she probably is at the moment anyway. So. She did, you've got to remember she did win an Oaks at three and she kept on she's kept on winning through her preparations, which is one of Chris Waller's great um, assets as a trainer 
he gets these mares and he just keep they they just turn up and keep turning up year in year out and you know that, that's what he's he's handed over to 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 the trainer in France and it's going to be it's up to him to he's sort of on a hold into nothing isn't he if, it, if she doesn't come up doesn't come up for him it's sort of you know oh well Chris Chris he didn't he got handed a nice horse but I think in all truth if she runs probably in the first six in the in the arc that'd be an outstanding effort considering where she is in her preparation and in a and career like she she's been to the top of the mountain she's been at the peak of the mountain in Australia for three years uh, we've got another caller on the line. I think we've got... Uh, who have we got, Nick, uh, coming through? We've got Paul. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, boys. I've um, got a question. Uh, based on that protest, third against second and first, it was upheld against the, the leader. It ended up on second. I just wanted to... I, I, didn't, I couldn't get it clearly what what the protest was, was for and, and how they come to it only being a second instead of first because they... The inside horse seemed to have come out, and the outside horse seemed to have come in and, and took it, its ground. And could you clear it up for us, fellas? I spoke to Glenn about this on Saturday night, and he—he's very much of the—he thought that was going to be the result. So, um, first of all, I'd say that um, Enchanter Heart probably no doubt should have won, which would have given Brad Gray eight winners out of ten for the day. So he only got seven. So he's, he's, he's sort of sitting there, he's sitting there still a bit smug. But it got on the hind quarters of the winner. And in sort of a, if you remember Bowen Declare in the Melbourne Cup, the same thing happened when a horse got on its hind quarters. It sort of bolted it forward just enough to enough to make sure it won the race. Well, in this case, I think that's that's what happened again. It, it, Siege had, had, had the... Um, had the winner for for all um, for all money had 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 easy single for all money and then the the scrimmaging happened and got on its hind quarters and just forced um, another effort out of easy single to get the photo and they're probably um, a bit unlucky under under two two things because um, they would have been protesting would have got the protest against the winner but it still would have only finished second so. Um, looking at the protest, there's no doubt both horses moved. There's no doubt um, um, Enchanted Heart was unfairly interfered with. Um, it's up to it was up to the Schusters. They decided the inside movement wasn't as bad as the outside movement. The outside movement com- contributed more to the to the horse getting beaten. So um, one of the protests probably had to be upheld, and the other one probably wasn't going to be upheld. Munz, any comment? Uh, well, as Chris said, uh, Ronnie and I watched uh, the head-on quite a number of times and we'd watch and he said, oh, I don't think there's much in it. And I said, well, uh, I don't think second against first has got any chance, but definitely third against uh, third against second would be favourite. Uh, only due to the fact I don't think James McDonald had established a run outside of uh, the winner, uh, easy single, uh, whereas he'd got his head into the gap uh, inside of... Uh, Siege a little bit later on and then Siege continued to sort of lay lay in on top of um, Enchanted Heart and, and you know not really enabling Enchanted Heart to flatten out and, and, and get to the line and that's and there was only sort of a nose in it anyway uh, and it might have been a head 
head between first and second and a nose between second and third or very, very close to those margins. And in those situations there, you've only got to prove that it's cost you, you know, cost you a head or a neck and uh, the protest will be upheld. And, and that James McDonald, uh, the stewards agreed with James McDonald's assessment of uh, what Siege had done to him. Mm. Okay. All right. Um, now, here's another text. Uh, big congrats to I'm Invincible and the Araman Park boys. For winning the uh, the Sires Championship, Mitchell boys are the hardest workers in the industry. Still doing feed runs and mucking out boxes every day. Yep, um, well done to those. And then just highlighting around the ground. Uh, so obviously we had J Mac with a great performance, uh, winning the New South Wales Jockeys Premiership. We also had uh, that uh, outstanding performance. Uh, what from Dylan Gibbons? For um, and his performance. I mean, we've seen a lot of good apprentices come along in their time, Munns. Dylan, right up there, though, mate, with what he's achieved. Yeah, and I think the biggest congratulations, Dave, has got to go to Ash Morgan. Yes. Uh, to be the most successful rider in New South Wales. And, you know, that, that's, a, that's a tremendous effort. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you get a lot of opportunities, but, you know, you, you've still got to be there. You've got to be, you know, remain riding. Uh, for the majority of the year, and and even in the the COVID situations where we had jockeys in zones, we had these jockeys that are normally based, you know, Newcastle and riding north of that area there, coming down as you know to Goulburn and different places like that because they had to, uh, they had to make a living. And uh, just speaking about the the premierships and everything, would you take a dollar fifty James McDonald to win the new uh, the Sydney Jockeys Premiership next year? Because that's what price he's gone up. Yeah, well, would would you, Chris? Probably um, what what price Tommy Berry? Uh, Tommy Berry for your edification, entertainment, and for Paul Joyce, uh, he's an eight dollar chance. Dollar fifty, James McDonald. Eight dollars, Huey Bowman, Tommy Berry, and Willie Pike. Mm. Uh, be, just on, I'd be more encouraged to take take the eight dollars, the Willie Pike and Tommy Berry, because I think James will be chasing the carnivals, and there's so he, he'll still ride his share of winners, but. The other, um, if Tommy gets a fair crack at it, I think he showed two seasons ago he's right, he, he, and he really wants to win a premiership. So that that sort of um, comes into it as well. And he's going to become a daddy too, James, around Melbourne Cup time. So yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see how much time Caitlin has him taking off. And just on that, when that does happen, I remember sitting beside the great man Tony Brasley saying, "When these jockeys." have young ones come into their life, you watch them go to the next level. So that is scary if that does happen it's with the James. the nappy factor, Dave. It is the nappy factor. Just, I just want to touch on Willie Pike. Obviously, we know why he is here in Sydney. Um, but to still, you know, be the country's leading jockey when it comes to wins, I know he got a majority of those wins in the West. But what he's had, the 910 starts for the season thus far, a strike rate of 20.8%. He could have fallen off the cliff when he got here. Um, he hasn't. Yes, he's not riding trebles and quads all day, but um, I have been really impressed with William's comments about sticking it out and staying here, Mitch. He has made it very clear that he wasn't just here for a period of time, and then once WA relaxed or changed rules that he would be darting back to, to get involved, he wanted to you know move his family here and have a crack, and um, he is going to be hopefully a permanent name in, in Sydney for many years to come. Yeah, he's, um, he's certainly made the permanent move out here now. Um, and one thing that you know you're going to get with Willie Pike is hard work. Um, I think that since he's got here, there'd be hardly a two or three day stretch where, where he hasn't ridden unless it was uh, a suspension or, or things like that. He's, he's happy to travel um, and ride and 
can get his name out there. He hasn't gone through the, the biggest purple patch um, in recent weeks, but he, his performance throughout the, the winter and and just that late autumn was was excellent. He's obviously, um, I think, just just looking at, he's ridden fifty winners for the season in New South Wales, and that's um, pretty impressive given uh, when he's come over here. Um, let alone not just coming over here, having to establish so many new relationships in a jockey. Well, you, you're joining probably the best jockeys room in the world. Um, against some of the best riders in the world. So he's had to come over here and, and, and basically start again. Obviously, he's had good support from people like the Hawks, and he's quickly picked up a lot of other support from, from big trainers. Um, but I think he's done that through sheer hard work and, and good riding, hasn't he? I think he's um, certainly proven that he's, he's one of the top riders, not just in New South Wales, but in the country in, in, in a pretty short amount of time. Yeah, and uh, no rider had more rides in New South Wales than Ash Morgan. Uh, he yeah. beat Grant Buckley, which is a very, very big effort in itself because nobody works harder than Bucko uh, to go to different different meetings. But Ash Morgan had, a th- I think, 1,041 rides and Bucko had 1,027. Now, he is actually having a week off, Grant Buckley. so um, Lazy. Lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, good good and, luck to them. You know, and, what, it is, uh, what do they say? The harder you work, the luckier you get. That's right. And just on the jocks as well, I want to give Tyler Schiller um, a shout-out as well. Uh, Good young bloke, Tyler, and what he has achieved with winning that um, champion apprentice for the Metro um, period or the Metro zone with those 45 winners for the season is uh, is fantastic and uh, thoroughly deserved. Chris Waller wins the trainer's premiership every year, but the the trainer of the apprentice's title is won again by Mark Newnham. Mm. And, And... just on Mark, um, you know, interesting. He said uh, the he contacted the the Irish uh, Racing Board and sort of you know was was hopefully potentially going to get some um, some more young apprentices out here with the success he's obviously had with Tom and, and Robbie, but they didn't get back to him. He was very um, surprised by how that unfolded. Um, anyway, um, another text on the text line here uh, that's uh, come through. Um, uh, good morning, fellas. Just like to know where now too for too much to bear coming second on the weekend. Munsey, your thoughts, Alex from Maryborough. Uh, wherever he, wherever he goes, Dave, he's going to be very, very competitive. He backed up his first up run, uh, which was in the benchmark eighty-eight. He stepped up in trip. He found the line again on Saturday. Uh, he showed his versatility to be able to take up a more forward position on Saturday because that was his racing style last time in as he stepped up in distance. So wherever he goes, I'd be probably looking at a race knowing Chris's pattern there in uh, the next two or three weeks for him. Yeah, um, an eighteen hundred, I'd say, months. Okay, yeah, I'll we've just got have a look at the program. You keep talking. I'll look at the program. Well, while, while you're looking at that, while you're looking at that, I've got Greg on the line on line two. And uh, Greg, good morning to you, mate. Hello, Greg. No, he's gone. All right, so we've lost Greg. That's all right. Uh, he was on hold there while we we're just uh, sort of congratulating the jockeys there. So apologies we didn't get to you, Greg. Um, he did want to, I believe, talk about Tim Ryan's lay of the day, getting up three weeks in a row. Munz, you mentioned Tim Ryan before. Of course, he joins Richard Haynes on a Saturday morning, and uh, obviously the punters are taking note of what Tim wants to take on. Oh, well, yes, Dave. And, and he's a very, very, very generous man, Tim, because he knows that, you know, everything's judged over a 12-month period. So it's like fishing, Dave. You've got to put a bit of burley out there to attract uh, attract the fish there to get them in. So early in the racing season, in the financial year, uh, he gets them in. So he gets the punters in there, gives them a little bit of a bank, and he says, right, I've got, 
you know, I've got until June 30, 2023 to get all of this money back. So my judgment, uh, according to Tabcorp, is based on a 12-month period. It's not based on a 12-day period or a 12-week period. It's a 12-month period. And if the punters don't have a bank to bet with, Dave, well, they can't have a bet, can they? Oh, yeah. You're, you're, months you're away is going. You're going to be back on the tools and off the radio. I must admit, it didn't happen when I was there. But um, how can uh, it in Darwin, Munns? I don't want to bring up a sore point, but I thought you'd be up there. No, for no, the cup barred, day. barred from there too, Dave. Um, <laughs> uh, the Premier's Cup's on. I don't know whether it, that's in. When's that on? The twentieth of August. So that's three weeks away. That's there's no eighteen. There's no distance race in two weeks' time. Oh, it's a benchmark seventy-eight, and he's an eighty-eight horse. Uh, too much yeah, to be. He'll, so he'll be going running Premier's Cup. He he'll might be go Premier's Cup. cup. What uh, just a couple of texts here? Uh, what did Ruder get uh, for his uh, birthday, Chris? Any birthday presents? No, not not, not anything so far, Dave. Just um, we just just sat there. I got a, I actually did get a good present from Jared Daffy last night. He tipped me a couple of winners at Darwin Dogs. So, um, oh, did he? Yeah. Very good. So, All right. Good to see so you. He's done you're something. Just... He's done something. His co- colleague at the at the tab Fantastic. media section can't do. Tip me a winner. Munch. And will Muns oh, be? Yeah. Uh, will Muns be uh, shouting your golf today? Oh, you know, I'll probably get. I'll probably get there before him and, and pay because uh, yeah. it was a rather good weekend. Okay. And what oh, about beautiful. Mitch? Uh, Mitch beautiful. Cohen. Yeah, there you go. That's great, Mitch. Uh, what about that Sydney media room? Do they all get together and you have a cake and everyone? Uh, celebrate birthdays? I'd like to say we do, but... <laughs> <laughs> but we Come on. Don't. Come on. Enemy lines. It's, it's... It was actually another uh, member of the Sydney meeting, uh, a media room, Mandy's birthday during last week as well. So happy birthday to Mandy. Oh, fantastic. There you go. Brilliant stuff. Uh, boys, quickly, horses to follow, and then we're going to get into our previews today for racing in New South Wales. Uh, what are we following, Munns? Uh, a couple of hidden gems there Saturday, Dave, uh, that you want to be following in the lower grade of races out of the midway. One of Claire Lever's there, Diva Bella, resumed from a spell on Saturday. Looked uh, like you and I and Chris all rolled in together. So uh, it will uh, may not even be its next run, but definitely keep on its back, uh, Diva Bella. And a horse that I mentioned in the punters panel on Friday that I was very interested in was Dalcini, hopelessly outgraded in that... Um, Bill Pickin race on Saturday because, well, it's a bit of an anomaly. It went up 14 rating points for running second in the Hawkesbury Guineas uh, to Mr Mozart. So it'll see what happened to its rating after Saturday where it was unplaced in that race there. But uh, I think she's only a three-year-old filly. She was a 66 rater before she went to Hawkesbury. So uh, she can pick off a, a lower grade race if she drops back down in the ratings after Saturday. All right. Um, and just let me, a lot of people having their birthdays on the... Uh the horse's birthday, Cassie Fahey upstairs. Happy birthday to you and uh, Tim Saladin. We're off to Coffs Harbour for the Coffs Harbour Cup. A big Calcutta, of course, at the Mooney Beach Hotel on Wednesday night that myself and Luke Marlow are hosting, which we're really looking forward to, to getting up there with. But um, it's Tim Saladin's birthday. Of course, Tim is the uh, the CEO up there and does a great job. Uh, very accommodating whenever Sky Sports Radio is in town and Look forward to having a beer with you on Wednesday night, Timmy. And um, that is one club that I hope everyone gets out to and uh, and gets behind for that half-day holiday on Thursday. I'm sure they will for the big cup day because um, they've had a horrid run with tracks and everything. Um, so it's going to be hopefully coming through your screens on Thursday and plenty of HD on Sky Thoroughbred Central, boys. And yeah, a new venue, Dave, for the Calcutta and a new sponsor. The What is it? The, the Mooney Beach Mooney Hotel. Beach yes, Hotel. So ba- 
look, I think there is going to be two Calcuttas in the town. Um, there's going to be obviously the standard Calcutta, I think, at the Pier Hotel, which a lot of people will go to. But I've got to commend the uh, the short group who have a stack of pubs across New South Wales. They own the Sawtell Pub, they own the Tormina Hotel, and they also own the Mooney Beach Hotel. They have really made a conscious effort from talking to Tim and also talking uh, with them to they want to get behind racing. Uh, I know they're big customers for the tab. Uh, and they've made a, you know, they obviously sat down at their yearly meeting and said, right, well, we we want punters to be in the pub. We um, and and they've gone down that racing avenue, so they've thrown a lot of money at the uh, turf club up there at Coffs Harbour to sponsor the cup, and they wanted to have a Calcutta, and and I think that's great because um, any business that wants to get behind a race club, especially these country clubs, I think is uh, is brilliant, and they're going to have a big day. On the Thursday there, they're going to have um, a sort of VIP lawn party and whatnot. So big thanks to the short group because if we don't have businesses like you that want to get on board, then we're going to be in big, big strife. So here, here. Yeah, um, con- congratulations to Barbara Joseph, who said yes. country trainers can't get a horse eligible for the big dance. She's managed to get a horse that's eligible twice. 1A for running second in the Mudgee Cup and winning the Forbes Cup yesterday. Fantastic. And Quade Crow, five country cups. We were wrapping jockeys before. Five country cups for Quade Crow uh, in this season. Um, and he rode that yesterday, that 1A treat from an awkward alley. He got in, he got in the three-wide running line, and uh, she sprouted wings late. So um, great stuff. Boys, thanks for being a part of Punters Postmortem this morning. Thank you, Mitch. Uh, actually, um, thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, Glenn. Okay, Dave, and those Darwin races, you'll only get races, the last two races on Sky Thoroughbred Central, the rest of the meeting on Sky 1 and Sky 2, but full coverage of the last two, including the Darwin Cup on Sky Thoroughbred Central race, the last two races today with Greg Radley on track with the tool man, Andrew O2.